0: Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better
1: habitats for wildlife. ChooseWood.com. From the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom, this is The Gateway. It's Monday, June 1st. I'm Wayne Pratt. Ahead, it has been a weekend of peaceful protests turned violent in the St. Louis area. Demonstrations over the death of George Floyd while in police custody in Minneapolis have spread throughout the country, including in Ferguson.
0: Specifically today, I'm just here to bring love and peaceful energy um, and to put out some definitely some prosperous and protective energy as well so that people can stay safe and stay well.
1: But shortly after the demonstrator made that comment, the scene turned tense yesterday. Police officers fired tear gas canisters to disperse the crowd after an eight o'clock curfew. More on all that in just a bit. Also, today, the region continues to battle coronavirus. Summer camps are slated to open today, but St. Louis Public Radio's Ryan Delaney will tell us how they will be different this year because of the pandemic. As we mentioned, the unrest from Minneapolis following the death of George Floyd continues to spread to other areas of the country including the St. Louis region. Several dozen people marched outside Ferguson police headquarters last night to protest police brutality and Floyd's death. As St. Louis Public Radio's Corinne Ruff reports, Tensions rose after protesters violated an 8 o'clock curfew. Lauren Hudson initially had concerns about attending a protest where she could be exposed to the coronavirus. But the Ferguson-Florison area resident decided it was worth the risk, and she wore a mask. Hudson, now 21, says she's been marching for the same thing since she was in middle school, when Trayvon Martin was killed in Florida. She says it's important for her to protest now because police brutality is happening everywhere.
0: It's not fair that we as black people have to continually go through this and not see any real change.
1: The demonstration intensified as the evening went on. Some protesters threw water bottles and fireworks. Then police officers fired tear gas canisters to disperse crowds that lingered after curfew. I'm Corinne Ruff, St. Louis Public Radio. Missouri Governor Mike Parson has declared a state of emergency. He has also activated the National Guard. Downtown St. Louis, Clayton, Richmond Heights, and Edwardsville are some of the other locations where demonstrations took place over the weekend. St. Louis County officials are urging people to keep protests peaceful. County prosecuting attorney Wesley Bell says he understands the anger but says voting will lead to long-term change. You need to elect elected officials to have these voices at the table who will advocate for these types of changes. If not, you'll see pacifying. If you you keep doing the same thing when something like this happens, you'll see some minor changes, but then as soon as the media goes away, it'll go right back to where it was. Local elections, including a mayoral race in Ferguson, are set for tomorrow. More local protests stemming from the death of George Floyd are expected this afternoon. In other news, health officials are still battling the coronavirus pandemic. Missouri reports more than 13,000 COVID-19 cases, up 5% in the past week. There have been more than 770 deaths. In Illinois, the most recent numbers available from health officials show nearly 5,400 deaths and more than 120,000 positive tests. St. Louis-area universities are releasing plans that would bring students back to campus this fall, even with the uncertainty surrounding the outbreak. As St. Louis Public Radio's Kayla Drake explains, school leaders say they are prepared to change plans if there is a second wave of coronavirus. Area colleges will be ready to shift back to online instruction if COVID-19 cases spike this fall in the St. Louis region. The area's largest universities are installing more IT infrastructure and equipment to prepare for a smooth transition online. Faculty at Southern Illinois University Edwardsville and Linwood University are being asked to prepare their curriculum for online classes. And some schools, including St. Louis University, are cutting breaks to make the semester shorter. Most large campus events will not be held this fall. College leaders around the region stress the need to remain flexible this school year as officials monitor the spread of the virus. I'm Kayla Drake, St. Louis Public Radio. Missouri University of Science and Technology may be eliminating some of its degree programs as part of cuts related to the economic troubles caused by coronavirus. Campus Chancellor Modigani says the cuts are an opportunity to integrate and end some majors. And in fact, there might be a program or two that we outright will jettison uh, in the interest of having a much stronger core. In addition to possible degree cuts, Missouri S&T is expected to announce layoffs and furloughs during a virtual town hall meeting Thursday. Starting today, a staple of childhood resumes in St. Louis summer camps. But as St. Louis Public Radio's Ryan Delaney reports, even though children have been mostly stuck indoors for months, parents are not jumping at the chance to drop them off at camp.
0: Todd Wagner's six-year-old son really enjoyed the YMCA day camp last summer.
1: He loves to swim and go to the pool, so that was
0: always his highlight. While summer camps in St. Louis are allowed to start up, swimming is one part of the Y camps that won't take place. That's not the only reason the Wagners are reluctant to send their son to camp. They're also worried about the coronavirus. I mean, his opinion is that he wants to go, and like, we kind of know his opinion, but, you know, you you do have to kind of talk to him about it. Even though there won't be swimming allowed at Y camps, the Gateway Region Y's Lori McTiernan says other traditions will carry on. We're still gonna have a lot of fun. We're gonna sing camp songs. We're gonna get dirty. We're gonna just do regular camp things. To do it within safety measures. Those measures include staff wearing masks and sometimes kids too, as well as daily wellness checks and lots of hand washing. Campers will be placed in small groups and stick with them all week. There won't be any field trips. And this is not just for the why. So I think this summer definitely will look different um, than any other summer. Sasman Johnson is the program's manager for Blueprint for Summer. The organization promotes camp options. Johnson says a lot of parents are going through the same struggle as the Wagners. In a survey of parents, only half were definitely going to sign kids up for camp. But the biggest thing on parents' minds, the survey found, is safety. And they want to know that if they're going to send their kid back to camp, Or if they have to send their kids to camp, they want to know what are the measures that are in place that the camp is doing to keep their kids safe. Summer camp is an important piece of the economic recovery. Parents who can't work from home need a safe place for their kids to go. But parents who are looking for camp will have fewer options. The number of programs is down by a third. Some of those will have reduced capacity due to social distancing. Many camps have switched to virtual, meaning kids won't actually be getting out of the house. Johnson says she's getting a a lot of questions from parents about them. A lot of them are interested in virtual, they just have had a bad experience with spring learning, and so they don't prefer virtual. But if they can get an idea of what virtual will look like, um, they'll have a bit more ease. McTiernan, the wise vice president for child care services, says they also considered virtual camp, but when they asked parents, they got a thumbs down. The resounding results were please don't cancel camp, please don't have virtual camp. My- child needs to get out and and be social with other friends and do normal activities. For Natalie Self's four-year-old daughter, a normal summer would include her friends and playing in the water.
1: Her name is Lucy May, and she is sweet and rambunctious and curious and fun and she loves school and she loves camp and she loves her friends.
0: But Self hasn't decided whether to send Lucy to camp this summer at Harris Stowe State University. She says it's too difficult these days to look into the future and know what the health situation will be. So right now plan B is Lucy will stay home. Camp mom will look
1: similar I think to what it has looked like for the past couple of months.
0: Parents had to become their kids teachers in March The next transformation may be to their camp counselor. I'm Ryan Delaney, St. Louis Public Radio.
1: Our Maria Altman edited that report. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. Before wrapping up, it's been a history-making few days for NASA and an astronaut who grew up in St. Anne.
0: We have Bob Behnken from SpaceX Demo-2 mission entering the International Space Station.
1: Thanks to NASA for the audio of that moment. Pattonville High School graduate Bob Behnken and his partner Doug Hurley entered the International Space Station yesterday. It was a 19-hour space flight from Earth, and Behnken said they did manage to get a few hours of sleep.
0: The first night is always a little bit of a challenge, but uh, the Dragon was a a slick vehicle and uh, we had good airflow. And so we had an excellent, excellent evening and uh, just excited to be back uh, in low Earth orbit again.
1: This mission is a partnership between SpaceX and NASA. It marks the first time U.S. astronauts have lifted off from American soil in about a decade. Bankin has also been part of two space shuttle flights and conducted six spacewalks. I'm Wayne Pratt.